Hello and welcome to Me and Mine with Temi Tokwe Onomade. Me and Mine is a family program inspired by hope and family values. Today, we are taking an in-depth look at a topic dear to your heart. Get ready and ride with us. talking about commitment today because if you are not committed to that relationship it will not last if you are not really committed to understand this relationship you are going into you any small thing like this you won't out and that is why we have a lot of increase in the rate of divorce today because nobody just wants to sacrifice nobody wants to be patient but by the time we go through what the word of god says we will understand that some of those things when we are patient and when we are committed to this thing of family because it's yours and that is why i always start by asking you looking inward about you because when i'm talking about me and i'm talking about commitments i need to start from myself how committed i am to myself if I'm not committed to myself, there is no way I'll be committed to anybody. And committing to myself is, do I have any goal? Do I know who I am? Do I have any plan for myself? How am I going with the plan of God? How am I going with my plan, with my dream, with my vision? If personally you don't have anything like that, if everything you do is to just wake up and go with the flow, commitment, you won't have it. And I, I tell you, there is nobody that does not have this commitment. It's just that the way we use it is different. If you are growing in it, if you give yourself a target, you are committed to meet that target, then you are showing that, that attitude. Commitment. Commitment means dedication to a cause, activities, goals, family. It's about dedication. I am committed to this. I am committed to make it. I am committed to buy that. I am committed to finish this degree. I am committed to go to church. I have so many things. I want to be able to run. I want to be the best in the sport. I want to be this. Commitment is you are dedicating to a cause. You are dedicating to an activity. You are dedicating yourself to do something. And you are sure that something better is going to come out, out of this commitment, out of this effort, out of the time you are put into that, that goal. Commitment is an agreement or a pledge to do something. Like I swear, if you are a very single guy, you want to go into marriage. When you kneel down to say, will you be my wife? You are committing yourself at that point in time. You are committing to do something that you have never done in your life. You are committing yourself. That is the starting point of you committing yourself to that person forever. And forever doesn't have time. It's still there will do us part. Unfortunately, nowadays, some Christians, they are even praying for their spouse to die so that they can even get out of the marriage. Commitment. It is a feeling of responsibility that a person has towards the goal, mission, vision, organization, or anything you do. It's a commitment. It's a feeling. It's a responsibility you have towards a person. It's one of the most fundamental principles of success. When you are a committed person, there is nothing you lay your hands to do that you cannot do it. So commitment is a fundamental principle of a success. And for you to achieve that success, it's not a joke. Hence, you have to be committed. Hence, commitment is a big deal. For a successful marriage, you have to be committed to it. Because so many things will come up. And it's only your commitment that will help you to stand. It's only your commitment that will turn your problems into challenges. You will see them as, as problems. You will see them as a challenge. And you will see them that this is the something I need to go. I need to commit myself to resolve this problem. It's a fundamental principle. And it's a very essential ingredient of a successful marriage. It's a fundamental principle and a very essential ingredient of a successful marriage. Show me a nice marriage that you can see as an example. 
they have been married for 50 years, 40 years, 20 years, 21. In fact, congratulations to my elder sister. She celebrated her 21st um, wedding um, this, I think, yesterday. It's a commitment. The fact that we are talking about those people, they are celebrating this or that, it doesn't mean that they just come like that. So many things will have happened along the way. They will have come, they will have gone through some things. And at the end of the day, they still see themselves coming together because of one thing, because they are committed to each other. If you're a married person, when you marry, the success of your spouse is your success. The failure of your spouse is your failure. So now that we understand what, what commitment is all about, now that you understand that these are the things that's okay, I have to do. And I will tell you, some people, they may not even call it commitment for you. They have different names. So you, 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 can, you, can, you can also see commitment. You can say, oh, you're a lawyer. Yeah? You, you, you are involved. They can tell you, 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 prom, you, 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 you are responsible. You, they call it engagement. They call it assurance. Those are the other names you can, you can refer to as being committed. Oh, I can assure you that person will finish it so you are committing yourself to that thing that oh i can i can assure you this person she is a committed person it will do that thing and if you don't know yourself if you're not sure because we have some people nowadays they don't even know who they are remember we are going to talk about commitments in the family commitments in marriage but before we talk about that i want to open your eyes to know who you are from the beginning and you can know that from the beginning on this platform, we have been talking about it. That you are made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God, regardless of how you were born. You, regardless of who you, regardless of your birthplace. I like that Duncy song that, talks, that, that, that sounds about breathe. And there was a particular place in that lyric that said, Where I was when you formed me. In the place of koinonia. Koinonia means in the place of worship. This worship, I don't want you to spiritualize it. My daddy and my mom, they come together to, to make me. You went where you formed me, in the place of that worship. Both of them worship together and you formed me. And I didn't even know I'm going to land in Nigeria or anywhere, but I landed in their home. And I was brought out after nine months. And they see me and they call me a child. He knew me from my mother's womb. He knew me, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. He knew me from my mother's womb. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Message says, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of the day, I had only planned for you. NLT says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. This is who you are. If, if you don't know who you are before, if you have not been committed to yourself, if you don't understand, if you have not been dedicated to know, to nurture yourself, to understand yourself, to look for your own, to, to look for something that, that will pronounce you to the world. He made me in his image. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 to 30. Then God said, let us make man in our image. In our likeness, so that they may rule over all the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wise animals, and they up and over all the creatures that moves along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. On this platform, we have talked about it. That when I was created, I was created as a male and a female. My husband has to be my whole male. And that is why we have to come together. He created them. And verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1 says, God said, I give you every seed. Plants on the face of the, of the earth. Every tree that bears fruits. Every seed 
they are used for what for food no wonder nowadays they are talking about plants plant food plant food that they are very healthy that we should be we should watch what we are eating verse 20 verse 28 says god blessed them and said to them be fruitful and increase in number so you have the blessing of god upon your life i'm trying to refresh your memory if you don't know who you are psalm 139 verse 14 i am fearfully and wonderfully made i praise you because i am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful and i know it you are the work of the hands of god enjoy thank you for joining You're, you are the work of god so the bible says you are fearfully it has nothing to do with your status it has nothing to do with your physical appearance it has to do with whatever you are you are image of god nlt says thank you for making me so wonderfully complex and that is why some people they can't understand you they can't even comprehend what you're going through they can't even think about what you now become because eyes have no seen yes they have no heart it has not come to the mind of people you are complexly made and that is why your spouse need to daily understand you daily try to know you because you are complexly made your work are marvelous you are the work of god in case if anybody is trying to put things into your head the thoughts of god towards you they are thoughts of peace they are good thoughts he said he will give you a future and a hope and i tell you some of us our future is our marriage it will give you a future and a hope. Je Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. For I know the plan I have for you, declares the Lord. Plan to prosper you and not to harm you. So if anything you are seeing in life, if anything that you are going through at the moment, they are telling you something else. I'm telling you today, please go back to your source, which is God. Because there are some things you cannot even decide. There are some things that they are happening to you. They are not your decision. He created you. He made you in his own image. All the days of your life, they are in his hands. He knew your tomorrow. He knew your beginning. He knew your end. And that is why no spouse, no wife, no husband, nobody would say to you that without me, you are nobody. That is a lie. NLT says, for I know the plan I have towards you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster. This is why I know you will end well. This is why I know in that home you will make it. This is why I know in that home you will testify despite all odds. The message put it this way. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. This is God talking about you, boasting about you. I know what I'm doing concerning you. I have, I have it all planned out. Plan to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plan to give you future you hope for. If you are going through anything in that family, in that home, and you think God has abandoned you, it's not true. Because your delay is not your denier. He planned it all. In fact, they are intentional. Some things you are going through, they are intentional. Just calm down, learn from it because you are about to move to your next level. And after telling you all these things I'm telling you, they are just to show how you need to understand yourself and don't just think your life depends on someone else. You, you need, need to, to be committed to yourself. You need to love yourself. You need to understand yourself. You need to know what you want at every point in time. Don't live a life that, what do you want? I don't know anything. Don't bring your children in this days and day. What do you want? I don't know anything. No, you need to know. You need to know that you are a royal priesthood. You are God's own possession. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. You are God's own possession. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession. That you may declare the presence of him who called you out of darkness. 
You are God's possession. You are God's very own possession. He owns you. Even though your parents they gave back to you, they did not own you. Your husband did not own you. Your wife did not own you. Your parents did not own you. God owns you. You are his property. Thank you, Faith. God, my chief architect. Exactly. Hallelujah. He knew. Whether you are thin, you are fat, anything. He knew. Whether you are black, you are white, he knew. You are not, you are not less than anybody. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And after telling you this, after knowing this, after giving you this assurance of how you need to be committed to yourself, you need to understand his plan for your life. And I want to tell you how this marriage thing starts. Do you know that this marriage proposal thing that is from the Bible, do you know it started in the book of Genesis chapter 2? When God caused Adam to sleep, and when Adam woke up, he said, Whoa, you will be called a woman. The same thing that man is doing to you when the man is telling you, I'm committing my life to you. Will you marry me? Genesis chapter 2, verse 23 to 24. The man said, This is now bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. You talk to that girl. Will you marry me? You are fulfilling Genesis, Genesis chapter 2 verse 23. That is what you are fulfilling. The moment you open your mouth and propose to that girl, the moment you said, will you marry me? You are putting it, you are committing to doing something with that person forever. It will be wise that just be friends. Don't even do commitments. Don't do commitment to try and taste. Don't do commitment to try and do, okay, let me check our house. You don't, you don't do that for yourself because if you do that for yourself, that means you hate yourself. Because you are, you are doing something and say, okay, if I check it and it doesn't work, I will divorce. Divorce is not biblical. God hates it. Some people will tell you they are biblical. I've read everything that they will tell you they are biblical. And I will, some of them, if I have time today, I can discuss. If you have questions, please, you can, you can post your question and we will we'll try to answer the question. But I'm telling you that marriage is not something you commit because you, you pity that person. Oh, that person is going through a lot of whatever, you pity. Oh, I love, I love that sister, the way she lives worship in the church. Oh, she, the fact that she's very committed in the church is good because if she can be committed to, in the church and if she has that passion, then in her own private life, in her normal life, it's possible that she can do it better. But that is not the reason. Because she speaks in tongues, because the brother is speaking in tongues, because the brother comes to church every day, should not be the reason why you want to spend the rest of your life with that person. Because you can't be spiritual all 24 hours a day. And that is why you see so many problems in your home because spirituality is different, attitude is different, character is different. Some people, they speak in tongues, they do so many stuff, but they are very, very rude. They, they don't respect anybody. No respect, no regard. And they speak in tongues. Online recently, I, I, I read about it. I, talk, um, I, was, I was told about a book that said, I, how I, I, I nearly ruined my, 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 my family. I think it was uh, Pastor Jerry's wife. He, she wrote a book, how she nearly ruined her family. She's, She's a born again Christian. She's turned spirit um, Christian. But her attitude, she said she had anger issue. She had anger issue. And the anger issue always destroyed her life. She started, God helped her to come to the terms of it maybe seven years after marriage. Then she started to realize her eyes was open to see, wow, if I don't change this, then something else can happen. So sometimes you, just, you, are, you are speaking in tongues, you are very fervent in the church, you are doing the work of God, but if your attitude is wrong, if you don't know that there are some things you have to look, watch out for, if you don't work on it, then it affects your own. Commitment to yourself. When you know yourself, and I'm telling you, at the point of proposing to that girl, pause before you propose. 
It's better you stay, you are very, very old. Don't look at your age. When you marry late, it's better than getting married early and after two weeks, you are getting divorced. Because it's the main thing. Make sure you understand what you are going into. Don't commit yourself into that. Don't say, oh, this is a woman. She will become my wife. Don't start it if you are not sure. Don't even allow your parents to tell you, I'm telling you. Be sure yourself. This is why this platform is saying, know things yourself. If your parents, if you talk to your parents and they know about it, they can affirm it, they can say, yes, I know. But you yourself, you need to know yourself. And when you look at the Bible about honeymoon, for you to know that all these things you are doing, they are biblical. Some people, they will think honeymoon is not biblical. You know, it's a lie. Deuteronomy chapter 24 verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 24 verse 5 says, If a man has recently married, he must not be sent to war or have any other duty laid on him. For one year, he is to be free to stay at home and bring happiness to the wife he has married. Is that not all you? Can somebody tell you guys today that when you are getting married, you just go for one year, don't do anything, just stay with your wife? We don't have that time again. But for you to know that, 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 that thing was there for them to know each other. When they said, even if there is war, this man, when you newly get married, don't go for war. You are not qualified. You are not good. Don't go out. You and your wife stay together so that you know yourself. In our days, what do we have in our culture? Our culture will say, even when you get married, because your sister has been living with you, and after getting married, they still want that person to be living with you. They won't give you space. All because family culture thing. You need space. It's in the Bible. You need to know yourself so that you can build your home, so that you can plan for your future. But some culture, they don't give you that breathing space. They even bring auntie. They even come. All on the basis that, oh, you are newly married, they want to come and say, what are you saying? They need time to do colonia. They need time to be together. They need time to, explain, to know themselves. They need time. It's Bible. I'm just trying to build what we are having today. Because we are talking about commitments. You need to understand what you are going into. But they will not. You just have only one week honeymoon. And when you get back from your honeymoon, back to your, to your daily life, back to the way you are doing when you were serious. And that is why you have issues. Because you walk, 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 and you get, you get God carried away that I've got someone waiting for me at home because you are not used to that. You need to plan. You need to understand that I'm entering into a zone. It's a one-way traffic. When you enter, it's one chance. You know, that's this. But if you enter it because of the thing that is happening, okay, if it doesn't work, I will go. That is not your life. Your life should not be like that. Your life should be specific. Your life should be a focused life. This is what I'm trying to tell you about commitment. And now, you know, you have commitments. You are committed for this, committed to do that, committed. Well, we are talking about family commitments. Committing to your family as part of a team. You say that family that this is team. What is your name? I'm Temi. Team Temi. I'm under my husband. Team Aki. My husband is Aki. I'm, I'm part of his team. Every member of that team, they are very important. Everything they bring to that team is very key. When you see your family as a team, then you do, do know how to how to how to help in that team. Committing to your family as part of the team gives the family a strong focus on goal and highlights the step necessary to achieve them. When team members understand their works in the context of the team plan, there is a team plan. There is this thing that this is my family. I'm from the family of Olubogi. This is what they do in that family. I'm now in my own family. I don't need to bring whatever that, that I, 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 was, I, I got in the Olubogi family. I need to do the one I have in my own husband house. Me and my husband, we come together and we decide that this is our own plan. Context of our plan. So many families, they, they have been destroyed because of culture. 
They have been destroyed because my daddy did this. Yes, I have to do it. They don't know that they need to be committed to their own. What plan do you have? Parents, when you're bringing up your children, please don't bring up your children that they should, they should just grow like that. Bring them up for them to be able to make decisions at every point in time because in these days of an age, they, there is decision everybody is making, whether we know it or not, every second of our life. Recently, because of COVID, I, I, I now watch, I, I find myself watching Netflix. And I tell you sometimes, okay, they are putting age. There, there are some programs that I watch on that there are some movies. And I saw age 15. And I saw what I'm seeing. I said, no, I have to call my children. Whatever age you see, when you see this scene, switch off. Because you need to tell them, because if you are not telling them and you are keeping quiet, they are seeing it. Some children, they are growing up, growing up with TV, with programs, with what is happening, but they don't know the reality. It's my team. My children, they are part of my team. And trust me, I'm a sport person. I just like to win. I just want to do things to win. And if you're a sport person, if you want to win, what do you do? You do extra. You practice extra. You do other things that people are not doing. You need, to, you need to be a team spirit person. Even if you are looking for a job, they will ask you. Can you are, you, are you good? Teamwork, is it part of what you like? You need to be able to work in a team. You need to be able to take, bring people together. Act people. If you can do it at your place of work, how much more your own family? Why will you leave your wife like that? Some, some husband, they just leave. Their, their wife and their children. Well, take care of your children. When the children is okay, is the father. When the children is bad, they will be looking for who to blame. If you are a team player, you don't have anybody to blame. Something happened in the family, is everybody in that family. That is commitment. The commitment we need to look for in the family. Things we need to put our mind in the family. Number one, you have to commit to the vow. You stand before God. My life, my whatever. You have to commit to the vow you made. Numbers chapter 30 verse 2. When a man makes a vow to the Lord, or take an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word, but must do everything he says. So don't, don't make a vow. If you know you are not going to commit to the vow, if you know you are not going to do what you say, please don't do what, don't make a vow. Tell your wife, everybody they are doing it every, every wedding. Our own don't let us be like that. This is what I want. Make sure you don't make a vow. When you make a vow, you have to make sure you live up to the vow. The second commitment, commitment to the one you commit yourself that this person, you knelt down, I don't know how you did your proposal, but you said, this person is my own. You, you commit to be one with that person. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. That, that is why a man leaves his father and murder and united to his wife and they become one flesh. So many things we have nowadays, they become one. The flesh, one flesh. One flesh, you, are, you, are, you can decide the kind of one flesh you want to be. But the one flesh, the Bible is saying that both of you, you are one. You are united. Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse, verse 4 to, to 6, says, Haven't you read, in reply, that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female. Remember we read it in Genesis earlier. He, he made them male and female. And he said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and united to his wife. And two of them, they will become one flesh. Verse 6 says, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. They are no longer two. The fact that you have you came from that home and he, he, she came from that home, you are together now. You are no longer two, but one flesh. You are committed to that oneness. 
One plus one in the Bible is one in the marriage setting. You have to commit for you have you need you need to have this commitment to be united. You need to be commitment. You see, committed to be united. You need to be committed to be united. And when I'm talking about you know, you remember the story in the Bible about the, the Tower of Babel when, when they were all speaking the same language and they decided to come together, they understand themselves, and they said they want to build the tower that will reach them. And you know what God said? Genesis, Genesis chapter 11 verse 5 to 6. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the people were building. Nothing they planned to do would be impossible. You know why they would be impossible? Because the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this. He saw what they are doing, their unity, they are coming together. If they have started to do this, then there is nothing they plan that, they, that will be impossible for them. There is nothing they said they want to achieve that they will not be able to achieve. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. You are committed to be united. You don't bring in anything, anything you want to do. If you and your wife agree together, you and your husband come together, you and your children and your family as a whole, you come together for a project, you will achieve it. You are committed to support. As husband, you are committed to support. You know, there is this story in the Bible about Zipporah and Moses' wife, when God wanted to kill Moses. Zipporah is the one that made God that wanted to kill Moses because there is something they do in the family that Zipporah did not do for, for, for their second son. And despite the fact that God called Moses, God said, I'll do this, I'll do this, shield him so many things. And at the same time, he said he's going to kill him. Exodus chapter 4, verse 24 to 25. At the lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. But Zipporah took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, and touched Moses' feet with it. Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. That is the support I'm saying. She should have done it, thank God, because she realized the reason why God wanted to kill Moses. Imagine she's not supporting her husband. Imagine she's saying, at least you are a child of God, you know whatever, whatever. And she knew that this thing my husband is going through, this is what God is trying to do. This is what, this is what led to Jesus. And she quickly, quickly adjusted. Some of us, when we know our husband's weakness, what do we do? We even put it up, put it out there. You are committed to support him. It's not about hiding. It's not about not telling the truth. You know this is not this is not true. But what kind of support are you giving for that person to overcome the weakness? What kind of support are you giving to your spouse to, to be a better person? Instead of you thinking that your wife is the worst person, or your husband is the worst person, or your children is the worst person, what kind of support are you giving to them for them to know, oh, they are loved and they, they want to become better? That is the commitment you should have. You need to be committed to protect. You need to be committed to say, this person is me. Do you know why you have to be committed? Because there is, there, there is nothing you do that will not go without you getting rewarded for it. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Galatians chapter 6 says, let us, become, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap the harvest if we do not give up. So, you don't lose hope. You don't give in. You don't say, oh no, I've had enough of you. This is what you have been doing for the past two years. This is what I've been going through with you. No. Don't be weary. Don't be weary. Be committed to protect your wife. Be committed to protect your husband. Be committed to protect your children. You know your family. If they are disturbing you and your wife, you are from them. If it's from the white side, you know your family. If they are disturbing your husband, if it's from the other, if the issue is from the other side, you know your wife. You can protect your wife. You have to provide. Be committed to provide. 
Some family, they will just say it's your work as a man. You need to give me money. Your money is our money. My money is my money. Both of you is a home. Is a committing. You have to be committed that no, nobody will be hungry in this house. Nobody. Nobody. You are working and working. Even if I'm not getting any money, whatever I'm doing, I'm still part of it. If your husband is bringing in money, you are in the kitchen to provide, isn't it? You won't eat the money. Committed to provide. Commitment to be available. Some of you, you think it's only my money, my money you need. You need to be there. You need, you, we need, you, they need your, your children want to see you. So many things they are happening when you are doing cancer. Some some teenagers they 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 hardly see their parents. Matthew chapter seven seven verse twelve. So in everything, do to others what you would want them to do. For this sum of the law and the prophets, you don't give your wife attention, and you are saying it's never there. You don't give your husband attention, and you are saying. You know, she's never there. Do unto others. Whatever you want, if you need to show love, they will give you love. Be committed. Be committed to making sure that you are always there for them. Even when it's not convenient, they will understand. Be committed to trust God. Be committed to trust God. Don't don't make your friends, don't make pastors, don't make all these Christians, don't make all those people, don't make them to replace God in your life. He's the one that is ever there and is the one that is ever faithful. Psalm 37 verse 5. Commit everything you know you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. The message says, open up before God. Keep nothing back. He will do whatever needs to be done. You are committed in your family to trust God. You are going through things, you need things, you are committed to God that God, you are God all by yourself. You are saying, God, it doesn't matter. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I trust you because you do it. I don't borrow from the sunshine. For the sky may turn to grey. I don't care. I don't worry of the future. For I know what Jesus says. And today I walk beside him. For he knows what lies ahead. The Quran says, Many things about tomorrow. I don't seem to understand. But the only thing I understand is this. The one that holds my tomorrow. I know he holds my hands. I know there is nothing I'm going through that is too big for God to do. And that is why you need to be committed in your family to trust God. If I've never had a problem, I've never known that God can solve it, I'll never know what faith in God can do. You need to trust Him. When it's too painful, when you're going through a lot and people are telling you to go to that house, go to the next house, go to that person, go to that person, pause and go back to your maker who knows your end from the beginning. Many things about tomorrow, I don't know. But the only thing he asks me to do in Matthew chapter 6 is seeking for the kingdom of God. And that is what I want to do. I am committed to trust God. Once I trust God, every other thing will work around for me. You are committed to submit to your spouse. And this, this submission is necessary for both of you. Husband, wife, even Christian, Christianity, in Christian gathering, we have to submit to one another. Then in the family, wives submit. So this is my issue. If you find it difficult to submit to Christ, you can't submit to that man. Because the Bible says, as you need to do it as unto the Lord. So if you find it difficult to do it unto the Lord, you can't do it to the man. And that is why some people, they will think, they will always look for excuse because of status. 
God created you as a woman. I'm grateful to God. He created me as a woman. If I will come again, I will say, God created me as a woman. Some people, they are so, they are so, they, I don't know what I can qualify here. They are so sad that they are created in the, as a woman. They want to be a man. They think a, a woman is nobody. I'm a woman, I'm not anybody's property. I'm a woman, I'm, I'm, I'm not less than who you, who you are. But God sees me and said, no, if I ask this girl to come as a boy, it will not be okay. And he said, this, the best thing for me to do is make her a woman. And I thank God I made God. I am committed to submit. Submit the session chapter 5, verse 22 to 25. There are things that, that we, we, we know already, we have read about them on this platform. Why? Submit yourself to your own husband as you do to the Lord. For husband is the head. As you do unto the Lord. So if you can't you find it difficult to submit to the Lord, you will be, it will be difficult to submit to your husband. Commitment to respect. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33 is talking about respect. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33 says, However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must what? Respect her husband. The wife must respect her husband. You need to respect your husband. And husband too, 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 1 to 7, you will see there, husband too, you need to respect your wife. It's not only a woman thing. It's also a man. So respect is reciprocal. In fact, you need to respect your children. Commitment to serve and obey God's words. Commitment to serve and obey God's word. Joshua chapter 24 verse Joshua chapter 24 verse 15 But if I if I but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the God of your ancestors served beyond the Ephrates or the God of Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will do what? Serve the Lord. It's a commitment. That whatever that is going on around us now, in this 24th century, whatever they think family should be, we stand upon the word of God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that is what we should do. We need to be committed to the word of God. We need to be committed to obey his word. We need to be committed to understand God's words. And we need to be committed not to abuse. It's not about physical abuse. Physical abuse is even the worst thing that you see. Some abuse, they are not, they are not physical. Some, they are, they are emotional. Some, they are psychological. Some abuse what in whatsoever avoid it you are committed that in this marriage whether you are in it now or you are going into it i am committed not to abuse my spouse i am committed not to abuse my children because it's not even only spouse i am committed not to abuse my children commitment to make right decision you are making a right decision. You are saying, God, everything about me because you make decision every day to change job, to give, and how many children you want to give back to, to eat, to relocate, to do those things you are committed. So you need to be sure that this decision, they are good for the family. And it has to be team thing. It has to be you. It has to be your husband coming together. You don't just go and just leave your children in, in, in Nigeria and just decided to relocate. Leaving your wife and your kids. You don't just go wake up one day and tell your, your family, I'm just going, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I want to apply for this job and I need to go. Once you are planning it, once the plan comes to you, once it's something you want to do, can come together with your family, your team member. This is the plan I'm, 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 I'm working towards. What do you think about it? Let it be team thing. You are committed to love. You are committed to love. Ephesians chapter 5, 
verse verse 5 verse 25 verse 28 to 29 husband love your wife and once once you talk about husband you talked about wife then first Corinthians chapter 13 it talks about everything about love I don't want to go through reading all those Bible passages it talks about love how do you want to have it love you are committed to love Love is not easy, it's hard work. The thing is only sexual thing. And you are committed to be faithful. You see, when you are faithful, there is nothing like side chicks. Do you know those side chicks? They are thieves. And the Bible says, what did the Bible talk about thieves? John 10 said, they come to steal, to kill, to destroy. And that is why you don't just say, ah, if, if I catch my husband, if he's misbehaving outside, ah, that is the end. Excuse me, do not allow thieves to take your man. If your if thief come, that means something is wrong. That means you did not protect your own very well. Don't give side chicks and baby mama and all those, I don't know the name they call them. They are thieves. They have come to steal. They have come to steal. They have come to destroy. They have come to kill. The Bible says you should be careful. And how can you be careful? We talked about being disciplined last time. You have to be faithful to your wife. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4. Verse 4. Hebrews 13 verse 4 says marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure. For the Lord will judge the adulterers and the sexual immorals. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 18 to 19. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful death. May her breast satisfy you always. So what are you looking for outside? If you need to suck her breast, let her breast, she's at home, let her breast satisfy you. There is nothing that woman is having outside that your wife cannot have. And that is why before you get married, if you like big bulk, go wait, don't do spiritual life. My pastor said that if the person you are thinking is doesn't have that thing you like, wait and wait, go, go and get the person that likes it. Anything you like, your spec, I don't know if you there is a spec thing. But most of the time when you are connected to God, God sees your heart. He brings that person to you without any issue. How do you want it? It's not after marriage that you'll be saying, I can't, I can't be eating rice. Then you, you, call, you, you turn your wife or your whatever to a car. You, 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 you say all sorts of things about your spouse. Forgetting that, that that person is you as well. You're abusing yourself. You are exposing yourself. You are damaging yourself. You are destroying your destiny. You may be enjoying it. You may like it. You may feel it in five, five, five minutes, whatever. But the repercussion of it is not only on you. It's also on your lineage. Every other things they are they are outward, but the worst the worst one they are the sexual one that they are, is to your body, and the Bible calls our body the temple of Christ. And that's what the Bible asks us to flee. It has nothing to do with I'm so anointed. I cannot fall. It has nothing to do like that. It's very vital to destroy destiny. That is why if you want to catch a man of God, that is what they use. They send them to, they send some girls. And they will come to them in the, in the, in the appearance that they, they are looking, they want, a, they want to do counseling. When a woman is bringing it to you, a man, you should know. When the woman wants to destroy your destiny, you should understand and flee. There is nothing about being civil. There is nothing about, uh, Calling, call it, call it anything. Run for your dear life. In fact, run for your destiny because something is at stake. Be committed to be faithful to your wife. Be committed to be faithful. See what Malachi, Malachi said. Malachi chapter two, verse thirteen to sixteen. They are praying. They are saying, "God, do it. God, do it. God, do it." And God said, "He will not do it." Do you know why he will not do it? Because the man is not faithful to his wife. The man is messing up. 
Verse 13 says, another thing, thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and you weep and wait because he no longer look, look with favor on your offerings or accept them with pleasure from your hands. You ask why? It is because the Lord is, is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her, though she's your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Trust in Jesus. Be faithful to your husband. Be faithful to your wife. We are committed to be faithful. They will tempt you. It's so bad that even your, your husband's friend, even your wife's friend, you see those things coming into your home. You are committed that no. I may be hearing that story, but this team, this team is built on the solid rock. And we are trusting in Jesus because we help us. I will not hit any apple that will destroy my home. I, I talked about discipline last week and I've got six minutes. How I'm going to rush this one I've got, I don't know. But anywhere I am, I will stop because I promise that. Eight o'clock is eight o'clock. And if, if I'm unable to finish what I've got here, I believe Holy Spirit has reached out as much as he wants us to know. So I will quickly now go and tell us barriers, you see, barriers to family commitment, things that, that, that they delayed this commitment, things that we should look out, we should check out, things that we should avoid, you know, things that destroy this, this commitment or things that affect this commitment. Number one is ego. Some people, they have this ego like, hey, hey. We call it ego. When we, apart from calling it, you can call it a pride. You can call it arrogant. You can call it being stubborn. You can call it anger. Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs 16, 5. The Lord detests all the proud of all the the Lord detests the proud of heart, but sure of this, they will not go unpunished. So many, so many things in the book of Proverbs uh, Proverb about people that they are proud. They are very arrogant. Can't tell me what to do. Do you know who I am? Ego. Number two, culture. This is what they do in our house. They forget that they belong to heaven. There is a culture in heaven that, that, that we should follow. You can't tell me this. You can't say this to me. You can't talk to me like this. You have to be careful. You have to understand that Christianity is, is, is about living. Culture. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depend on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces. And Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not copy the behavior and the custom. Anything that is not biblical, please do not be committed to it. That's why I said culture. Sometimes culture affects you to be committed to your marriage vow. Status. And this, I don't do. Poverty is not good. It's part of it that affects your commitment. Because when you are poor and you see a woman out there and the woman says, come and sleep with me, you turn yourself to be a gigolo because you need money. And prosperity too messes up with our commitment because I have money, I can do whatever I want to do. So if I can marry, I can marry three wives. If I want to marry three wives, I can do whatever I like with my money. Those things, they affect us. They, they, they affect our commitment. Unforgiveness, indiscipline, selfishness, and if I may end with this, I will just end that every one of us in the family, we are, we are doing something that whatever you are doing, be committed. Committed means you, you are committed that this marriage will work. And now we end with 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. We are all fighting. But it's a good one. 
A good one is because his commitment to make sure that this home stand is a good one to make sure that this home is like the life that people will see. It's a good one that is is a home you are building a home that people will come and say, "Wow, how are you doing it despite all odds?" You are building a home that you want to show to people that yes, Christ is in this house. It's not easy. Keep the faith. When is in fact my sister-in-law? Her name is Faith. She's there. Faith, Allah, you allow That's my sister-in-law. Keep the faith. When things are going tough, keep the faith. Be committed to make that man good. Be committed to make that woman good. Nobody is perfect. But remember, that woman is you. That man is you. You're coming together to do something nice. And you're bringing up children that they can see and they want to follow it. And God can read that, yes, I know. And I trust this person that he will lead his children. She will lead her children to serve the Lord. I commit to us today. Be committed to your marriage. Be committed. Be absolute about it. It's not easy. It's hard work, but it works. It's not easy. It's hard work, but it's, it works. So next time, by the grace of God, we'll be meeting. And then that will be the last one for this year, by the grace of God. So next time we'll be talking about contentment. We are going to be dealing with contentment. This topic is actually affecting so many homes when you are trying to be another person. When you want your home to be like that and they are living in 10 bedroom flats and you are looking up for 10 bedroom flats when you don't even have money for 2 bedroom flats. So that is what we'll be talking about. So thank you so much for joining me on this platform. If you love this program, please help us to share. Please help us to invite other people. Kindly subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. Kindly check. I think we are on Instagram now. And um, you can check us anywhere. And we've done up to 14 episodes. So you can check our episode from episode 1 and to episode 14 in case you miss anyone. If you have any question, please post to us. Oh, I can see a question. Sorry. I will go over my 7 o'clock. Please. Permit me to, to see if I can go with this question. How do we cope with an egoistic spouse? Especially when he or she does not accept this is a barrier. Yeah, most of the time they don't know it's even ego. They think they are it's a normal thing. The only thing you can do is say it, but don't push it. When you push it, it, it becomes like, a, a, what do they call, call us? You are grumbling. Or what do they normally say a woman is um, uh, nagging? So they will say you are nagging. So say it, ask God to give you wisdom and say it. Ask the wisdom is the right time to say it and the right time to talk about it. But make sure you talk about it. Most of the time they don't see it. They just see like I'm stubborn, I'm doing it, I'm whatever. And for you, God has given you that spouse. So that you can help that weakness. But you don't help that weakness by coming out straight like you are egocentric. No. You need to ask God to give you wisdom to let this man see this weakness. And the man will change. By the time you are doing it, you just see that the man is changing. And you will be happy about it. So it's, 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 not, it's something that you've identified which is good. But you need wisdom to help the man. If it's the man. But if it's the woman... And the man know that, oh, my wife is ego, whatever. It's easier for the man to help the wife because the man can easily say, please, can I talk to you? And it's the way you pass it across to them because some of them check it out. It's, for, it's the baggage from their house. Maybe they grew up like that. Check all their assemblies. Check check the friends they, 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 they move with. Those things, they are the ones that form them. And indirectly, or they don't. some of them, they don't even know. But you need to discuss about it and you don't need to make it a nagging thing or you don't make to make it a forced thing that you have to do it. Yes, this is who you are. No, if you do that, you won't get anything. But understanding the way to communicate about it is very important. The timing and when to say it is very important because you need to let them see what you are seeing. Because most of the time they don't see what you are seeing. They don't even understand what the angle you are looking at. But the right timing for you to tell them that this is the way and for when you're when you're saying it they too they they can understand what what you're saying 
and gradually they want to change. Some they are very, 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 very bad, but in the midst of it, if you are the spouse, you want to help that person. You don't want that thing to destroy that person's life. So you are there to help. So saying it, discussing about it, but that doesn't mean you should be controlling. Sometimes when you're trying to change somebody, you, you become the person's controller. Any small thing you are saying is bad, is bad. No, be cautious of that because if you are always saying something bad, 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 that spouse will not see whatever you are saying as, as something concrete. The person will see that, oh, you are always seeing something to say. So you have to be careful as well that you are not being seen as being controlling because most of this ego, whatever, that is what they do. They, they like to control. They like to say, my own, is, my own must come first. Whatever I say must happen. That is what they do. But God has given you that place as well that, you know, I am here to compliment you I'm, and I should not be scared to tell you that this is not right. So if you need more explanation, we can we can talk outside and um, after this um, platform. Thank you so much for that um, for that question. You have just listened to me and mine podcast with your host Timmy or Normandy. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. See you next time. God bless. You.